are you going to start? <laughs> I don't know how to start a cold See, open. This is why we usually start <laughs> Hang on, in no, the podcast, right, Mariah? <laughs> Eric and Mariah just told Ellen and I to take over. So happy 30th of June. Welcome to another episode of The Cabin. At the time of recording, we are just getting off of Father's Day weekend. So thank you to all fathers out there. Love yeah. you, um, And yeah, we've had, a, we've had a good couple summery weekends. You guys been doing anything fun? Weather's been good. Road tripping a lot. Um, I got a slinky. We see that. Ooh, nice. Yeah, it's well, not mine. Let's hear the slinky. So, oh yeah. I've Come been... on. That's beautiful. It's a good That's slinky. slinky. It's That's a high content. quality one. <laughs> it's metal. You know, I don't think I've ever had so much joy from a slinky in my entire life. I just question if I ever had a. If I did, I ever own a good slinky? Yeah, a lot of us I don't just think got so. those the plastic ones. Mm-hmm. Oh, the plastic they just ones ended up tangled like, in themselves. Yeah, yeah. party favor slinkies yeah. are the so worst. So when I found this today in our editor Sam's office, I was like, "You stole it." Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I'd use those words. Um, I do when you claim put it, it in as your my... purse and walk out with it tonight, that would be Do you plan on it. giving it back? No. It's, well, well I... then we're out of borrowing no, no, no. territory. I've adopted it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's bringing me a lot of joy. Um, well, you know what? Let's go try it on the escalator. <laughs> I already did it down the stairs. That's how Success? I started my morning. Successfully, yeah. Great slinky. So well, shout out to Sam. It's a throwback item and today we are throwing it way back so it is kind of relevant to our topic somewhat ah yes i plan on throwing it back to like the 1800s i'm not sure slinkies go back that far but not quite not quite i will i will this is all relevant facts (laughs) i assume the 80s right the slinky is like a classic oh the slinky goes back further than that does it yeah it was just they did a commercial in the 70s it's slinky it's slinky it's a wonderful super popular in the 80s or why am i so oh my gosh no the slinky was invented in 1943 1943 yeah how'd you know that um the internet thank you internet 1943 yes 1943 Anyway, but yeah, we're throwing it back with some history today. Yes, welcome to our vintage toy-themed podcast. (laughs) Oh my gosh, (laughs) yes. Hey, Ellen, one more slinky sound effect, please, as I do this. There we go. Love it. (laughs) Cabot is brought to you by the Wisconsin Counties Association, and this week we're featuring Outagamey County, which is wedged right between Green Bay and Oshkosh. Of course, Appleton is in Outagamey. It's the county seat, but there's a lot of county north of Appleton there. Um, It was discovered, uh, European-wise, it was discovered by Jean Nicolet right after he pulled ashore at Green Bay. He just headed southwest into today's Outagamey County. It is a Native American word, meaning dwellers on other shore. And, of course, the Fox River runs through there and everything, too, and it's the northern edge around Lake Winnebago. Uh, the water power of the Fox River really is what kicked off a world-renowned paper industry, which you can tell with your nose every time you drive by <laughs> combined locks and and uh, little shoot in those areas. Uh, Lawrence University, of course, is in Outagamey County because it's in downtown Appleton. That's been around since 1847. The hamburger was invented in Outagamey County. That's uh, another main thing it's known for. The Outagamey County Fair is up in Seymour, Wisconsin, where 54 and 55 come together. And uh, Charles Negreen supposedly flattened meatballs and put some bread around it to make it easier to eat at the fair back in 1885. So Outagamey County can lay claim to all of those things. And of course, a lot more. It's got a pretty, pretty sizable population right there as part of the Fox Valley. 
Time for our campfire conversation. Mm-hmm. And we mentioned this. We are throwing it way back today, channeling our inner history buffs for today's conversation. Yes, we are. And we're going back in uh, several cases, centuries. Yes. Which and you should do, I guess, with history, right? Yes. I. So I did a lot of research for this episode. I know that will shock you to hear. I have a lot more notes on here, but okay. <laughs> no, I don't Ooh. have I don't have notes on here. <laughs> I have did a, more research. <laughs> I have yes, I have extra research that I didn't throw on here because Ooh. it would be too much. Um but mainly because well. I couldn't figure out where to you know, we're talking about cool towns to go to for history buffs. Well, that's honestly just about anywhere yeah, in the there's state. there's no shortage of great history there really everywhere. really isn't. And I noticed the more I researched, the more I couldn't decide which cities <laughs> and counties to feature because I learned things that, um, of course, we feature history a lot on the show. So oh, there's yes. things that I know from filming that I'm like, oh, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about that. But I actually ended up, one of the counties I'm featuring, I I looked, I wanted to feature it for a different reason. And the more research I did, it just blew my mind. So it, I learned a lot basically while we were researching, which is fun that we're, I feel like this is a fun topic that you can take kind of a virtual vacation to, if that makes sense. Like Mm -hmm. you don't necessarily have to go visit all of the places, although we would encourage that. You can take a little virtual vacation right on your, right on Google. And I had a lot of fun while I was looking into this stuff. So which, which county's blowing your mind on this? Pepin County. Ah, Ooh, Mm -hmm. a pretty place. Yeah. I, I wanted to talk about the ties to Laura Ingalls Wilder, which was just very, it's not. um, So that's where I started, but the more I got into it, the more uh, gruesome it got, which is kind of funny because it started with Laura Ingalls Wilder. Well, you know how to sell it. And you're going to see where it ends. Uh, Yeah, it's pretty intense. So anyway, I think you should start, Eric, because you have like a million things on your list and I'm a little concerned we're not going to be able to get to everything. So why don't you kick us off with Okay, but you've piqued my curiosity on gruesomeness. Yeah. In Pepin. Can we go back to that? Oh, absolutely. Okay. See, in broadcasting <laughs> or podcasting, even that's called a tease, boys and girls. There but, you go. Uh, so we'll get back to Pepin County. I do want to talk about a, a unique piece of history uh, that we actually worked on on a show in Prairie du Chien, uh, which is a very historic town. It's the second oldest town in the state, home to Fort Crawford. It was also home to the only battle that was fought in Wisconsin during the War of 1812 which is where a lot of people just forget about. Mm-hmm. Some people don't even know what year it took place, even though it's <laughs> right in the name. Um, but there was, a lot of, there was a lot of battle activity in, in Canada and this area of the United States, but the only real battle took place that took place in Wisconsin was between the British and U.S. troops at Fort Crawford. And we actually uh, were in a reenactment of that. I was you a red were, coat. I was going to say, I have seen that. I saw the segment where you were in the reenactment. I've seen video footage from the reenactment in previous years, and it has been on my bucket list forever. I've never been to a war reenactment ever. And this one, if you're going to go to one, this one just, they do an amazing job from what I can tell. Yeah. They, well, first of all, and, and it's on the grounds of Villa Louis mm-hmm. on St. Ferial Island in Prairie du Chien. And the guys who do this, by the way, it was like 94 degrees the Oof. day we filmed and I'm in this wool. Oh, it no. was I lived in Dallas for a long time and I'm like, okay, this is about the hottest I've ever felt. <laughs> and but they take it. So these guys are coming in from Canada and far away points and they take it very seriously. Once they're in character, you are in the war of 1812. What was your soldier's name? Uh, that escapes me. <laughs> But um, so you, you play Nigel like specific. I, I'm not really familiar with how war reenactments work. You play a specific soldier. 
Many from do. History? I didn't per se, but a lot of the others did. Some played the, you know, like the generals that met, and uh, you know other other people who are ranking played particular sure. characters. The rest of you are extras. I was just kind of an expendable scrub. <laughs> sure. For the purposes of Sounds the show. Sounds about right. And there was <laughs> fool. You almost didn't catch that. Hang on, I gotta just rub the, I gotta rub the place where you burned me there. <laughs> Felt okay. like cannon fire there. <laughs> and you know they you did. Just saw the rim shot there. There we go. <laughs> All right, perfect. <laughs> but they did fire a cannon a couple of times, as well as muskets and rifles. I got to do that. And it was <laughs> super loud. And scary. And yeah, it d- and you were prepared for a loud noise, but just how loud it was and how it just reverberated and echoed still gives you a jolt. I remember when they let me shoot off the cannon. Is that the right Verbage. Fire the Fire cannon. Fire the cannon. I think we've been through this before. Uh, in Prairie yeah, Machine. Yeah, didn't we make cannoned a oh, word? Oh, yeah. yeah. The, extra, the extras. The visitors who were there not too far from me, I remember, like, went up to the um, people in charge and were like, is she allowed to do that? Are <laughs> 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 you concerned? But Prairie Duchene, you're right. Like, just, I mean, the War of 1812, obviously the history there is amazing, but the history in general in that city is phenomenal. You brought up Villa Louis. Louis. And that is a phenomenal historic site. It's an official historic site from the Wisconsin Historical Society, maintained by the Wisconsin Historical Society. And I want to say well over 80%, don't quote me, maybe Google this, of the furnishings, the decor in Villa Louis are actually original to the home and the family. It's got one of the highest percentages of actual um, original decor and furniture. In That's the why they told me to get off the couch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Okay. They asked me if I, if I wanted to play the piano there and I have zero musical Ooh. talent. So I know <laughs> like, I wish I could say yes, but I would be a disgrace to the Louis family. <laughs> I know the first 45 seconds of don't stop believing purely <laughs> to make people think I know how to play the rest of the piano. <laughs> it works. Cause you always cut it off right when people would start singing. Uh, another piece of history involving almost war uh, actually is in Milwaukee. And I think since we're on the war topic, I figure I might as well say this right now because Milwaukee was originally, um, it's not the world's most peaceful city now per se, but in 1846, it was three separate settlements that squabbled and literally two of them went to war with each other. Yikes. Wow. And back then the Eastern section of Milwaukee, east of the Milwaukee river was called Juno town. And a guy named Solomon Juno kind of ran that area. He became the city's first mayor eventually. The west side was called Kilbourne Town. Byron Kilbourne hmm. uh, ran that place. And then George Walker uh, headed up the south side, and that lives on in this day in, in a district called Walker's Point. And the four cities, I mean, the three cities, literally tried to compete with each other to get people to live there and to get businesses. And, wow. and like it got to the point where when they laid the streets out, they literally did not make them line up across the river. Like they intentionally made them not line up when they would reach the river. So it was which inconvenient why, to go from one to the other. Which is why all the bridges in downtown Milwaukee are at an angle. Interesting. So, and then they, they, they put a cannon up, like they were prepared to fire a cannon across the river to the other settlement. And they finally, <laughs> they didn't do it, but they almost, and it went to fisticuffs and all this. And you were going to ask a question. Yes. So Kilbourne City, that that's what... Kilbourne Town oh, is Kilbourne what was Town. called. Now, then the Dells had, and I was going to tell okay. you, Byron Kilbourne eventually left and founded Kilbourne City, oh, which is now Wisconsin, Wisconsin Dells. Dells. Hmm. Interesting. And Solomon Juno, 
I better say how they unified here. They realized that fighting wasn't getting them anywhere. Kind of an important lesson nowadays, really, when you think about it. It's a lovely lesson. They decided to unite as one city and work together. So they did. It's 2020. Put those cannons away. (laughs) And the city of Milwaukee incorporated as one in 1846. Wow. So that's how that all happened together. So yeah, Kilbourne went out and founded Wisconsin Dells. Solomon Juno left, uh, became one of the first uh, people to leave for a suburb, too. He founded a town called uh, Theresa after his mother. Um, which is spot. where Widmer's Cheese is yeah. now. Mm. Great little spot. A confection shop that uh, the Pine Guy owns. Yeah, Joel's. Joel's. And uh, the what's the name of that? Pioneer Inn? The place yes. Where they, yes. Good memory. Got to go back there for their curds. Yeah, there's a lot <laughs> packed in that little town. Yeah. And uh, George Walker stayed on the south side, and Walker's Point lives on to this day. So uh, that cool. was that was an almost war that ended up unifying uh, uh, today's Wisconsin's largest city. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Ready to travel to Pepin County? Yes, let's get back to Wisconsin's Pepin. Yes. tiniest county. There actually was a lot of really interesting tidbits on kind of how it became Pepin County. It was originally with Menominee and it got, it kind of split off. Like Dunn I didn't, County? I didn't, yes, I, I think so. I didn't include a lot of that because I figure we've, we've kind of covered on a lot of like how counties have become what they are. And so I skipped that part. But on the topic of war <laughs> so we started what with is it good for? <laughs> absolutely nothing <laughs> so there's a reason we're not singers professionally can we legally put that in that section yeah as long as yeah, the music's we, not part of it i was gonna say you guys did your own rendition so no i wanted to play the song <laughs> oh the song oh probably not yeah that's not anyway okay so first there's this kind of Random story. I have two stories. This first one's really short, but I found it fascinating. It's super sad. I will warn you. So um, there was a lot of history um, on Pepin County's Native American culture and history, which was passed on through songs and poems. If um, you're not aware, typically Native American tribes, the culture there is, they're very um, oral language tradition is what's common. A lot is not necessarily written down. So what I learned in Pepin County is that the stories were likely overheard by or translated for early European explorers. And many of those stories gave rise to myths and legends, one of which is called the legend of the maiden rock. Oh, yes. Do you know this one or do you you know the maiden rock? I've seen the historic marker. Yes. So during the past 200 years, many versions have been written about a tragic suicide of a young Native American woman whose father refused to permit her marriage to a brave from an enemy tribe. So she reacted by heading up to the Maiden Rock Bluff. And this is why I included this. Like, I know that bluff. I know that exact bluff they're talking about. Um, She went to the top of the bluff, threw herself off of the Maiden Rock Bluff, and since her suicide, which apparently the suicide really did happen, that's not debated. I think the why she went up there part is maybe a little bit more debated, I think. Now it's a Lake Pepin landmark for river travelers, you know, for centuries. It's yep. been a Lake uh, Pepin landmark. So I had never known that tie or the reason as to why it was a landmark. So I found that pretty. And it's a stunning bluff. I mean, the bluff is... That whole area there along uh, the Great River Road is just amazing. Yes, so then we, the 1880s in Pepin County got really weird. And namely, it's like <laughs> just the 1881, the year of 1881. 
It was weird and just tragic for the then village of Durand, Wisconsin. So the story begins with the Maxwell brothers, Edward and Alonzo, who in July of 1880 engaged in a shootout as one does in 1880, uh, that killed two local law enforcement officers, another set of brothers named Charles and Milton Coleman. Now, the Colemans were both highly regarded family men. They were the first two law officers to die in the line of duty following Wisconsin's statehood. Oh, wow. So, controversy ensued, as did a massive manhunt and not just any manhunt. It was the largest manhunt for outlaws in American history. And it ended with what? Ed Maxwell's capture, who was found in Grand Island, Nebraska. And he was brought back to Durand to face charges. How the heck did they find him in wow. Grand Island? Wow. No, no, He's really on, on the run. <laughs> so things really escalate when they bring him back to Durand. It was very important to the Durand folks that they charge him in their city. So right outside of the Pepin County Courthouse, which I think is the only wood-framed courthouse in the state, I think. I, don't I believe you. <laughs> Some members of the audience outside of the Pepin County Courthouse spontaneously formed a mob, subdued peace officers quickly, grabbed hold of Maxwell, got a noose around his neck, drug him down the stairs, out the door, across the porch, and down the steps of the courthouse, and up a tree. Wow. The mob violence ended quickly. After a few moments of stunned silence, the angry mob slowly dispersed. The event created a public image of Durand as a hanging town. <gasps> I would hate to be their tourism commission in 18. Yikes. Which affected it for years to come and likely is the hanging town reputation is what likely influenced the voters' decision to remove the county seat to Arkansas in Pepin County. Really? Wow. Oh, oh, and then as if all that wasn't enough trauma for Durand, the year of 1881 comes to a climax with the worst fire in the county's history, with 34 businesses destroyed on Christmas Day in 1881. We think we have drama in 2020. That all happened in one year. I don't wow. know. 2020 might still have a Yeah, beat, 2020 yeah. probably still has. Not but in Durand. That's a, but that's a busy year for, what was that, 140 years ago now? Wow. Mm -hmm. When well, it rains, of, it pours in Pepin County. Well, it should have rained and poured. It would have put out the fire. <laughs> but speaking of fires, one more one more piece. I believe we have time, right, Ellen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll make this quick. <laughs> um, we were talking about fires, and I was just driving through there a uh, weekend before last, Pesh to go. Mm -hmm. Everybody's heard of the Chicago Fire. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. also a TV show. It was a couple of teams have used that name yep. down there. That happened on October 8th, 1871, but that was actually actually a three-day stretch starting that day. But there were fires in various places around the Midwest that day, including over in Michigan. And But the biggest one and the deadliest one was in northeastern Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. And it was called the Peshtigo Fire because the most people died in Peshtigo. Mm -hmm. But it actually covered a huge section of Marinette County, O'Connell County, part of the Upper Peninsula. The flames made it across to Door County, which is that spans Green Bay. I mean, that's a wide bay. But the embers, it was a really hot, windy, dry period yeah. in early October. And I think, man, over 3,000 people in Peshtigo died. It was so sad to learn about that. There's a reason there's a winery in Peshtigo now called the Forgotten Fire mm -hmm. Winery. <laughs> Chicago got all the press. Yep. And Peshtigo was... The Forgotten Fire? Not, not as well known. Mm -hmm. so. Well, Eric, I actually... Can, we, can you do one more? I see it on the outline, and I don't know anything about it. The Sputnik one? Oh, can, yeah, let's, that's let's a fun end one, on too. That we one. talked about that on, uh, on an episode of Discover Wisconsin in Manitowoc. Now, uh, the Soviets... You remember them, Ellen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't. You know why? You're, I think you were born, what, a year after the Soviet Union? What year were you born? 1997. 
okay, you were born five or six years after this, <laughs> after the Soviet <laughs> Union collapsed. Well, I remember it full well. <laughs> but uh, there was a space race in the 1950s. The U.S. and the Soviet Union were just really trying to outdo each other. And the Soviets launched a satellite before we did. And it was big news back then. And its name was Sputnik. And eventually, Sputnik circled the Earth for several years. And eventually, it started falling apart and crashing back to Earth. Well, this was during the height of the Cold War. There was a lot of tension. The Cuban Missile Crisis happened in 1962, which is probably the closest we've ever come to World War III still. And in October, actually September, I'm sorry, of 1962, in the little town of Manitowoc, a piece of Sputnik fell out of the sky, glowing still, and <laughs> crashes right into 8th Street, which is US 10 and Highway 42 going through Manitowoc. Yes, I like like the road references right in front of a mansion, which is today the Rar West art museum. But yeah, a piece, a big chunk, about a 20 pound chunk of Sputnik fell. It was still glowing after it hit the ground. Hmm. A couple of witnesses called the police. There's a picture of them standing in front of this piece of spacecraft. <laughs> they studied it. They were worried that it was part of possibly an invasion or a secret, you know, secret spy thing. Maybe they put a camera in there. Area 51. Now, today would be easy to do, but back then it wasn't. And uh, so this took place, and eventually they, once it cooled down and they studied it, they actually gave it back to the Soviets, that piece. But a replica <laughs> of that piece is now in the Rar West Art Museum, and they commemorate that, land, that crash landing of a piece of Sputnik every year with Sputnik Fest Wow! in Manitowoc. So it's usually the first weekend after Labor Day, I believe, in September. And it's a huge out-of-this-world festival, and it's just taken on a life of its own. Wow. Trekkies, astronaut fans, you know, fans of aliens, they just have a huge party there. Astrology so. buffs. Probably. <laughs> so I, I suggest you check it out if you get a chance sometime in sep one September. I think I will. Whenever we have events again. I think I will. <laughs> it's, a cool, it's a cool and fun time. They even have a pageant, Ms. Space Debris. <laughs> I, I, I might pass on that one. A contest, right? <laughs> competition. Oh, competition. Sorry, competition. We're, not, we're not saying Get pageant it anymore. Right. I didn't even realize I was old school. Okay, fine. <laughs> the cabin is sponsored in part by Wild Eagle Lodge in Eagle River. Wild Eagle Lodge is the ultimate Northwoods getaway destination. They've got boat rentals, amazing lodging, every type of water activity you can imagine. This is the ideal weekend getaway. Great spot for weddings, corporate retreats, social gatherings, and really any other event. Head to wildeaglelodge.com to check out everything they've got to offer and to book your next stay. All right. So we got a passport to adventure coming too. We are about to head into July, which means we've got another Passport to Adventure contest. This month, we're giving away a fun-filled prize package to Oak Creek. This package has all kinds of vouchers and gift certificates. You can really get a taste of Oak Creek next time you're in the area. This contest opens tomorrow. Head to discoverwisconsin.com slash contest to enter to win. I think Ikea is part of that. That's going to be really cool. And the town center is cool, too. Yeah, so. great spot. Ooh, yeah. Now we're in the groove with some guests in the room, Mariah. Woohoo! See, like I said last week, we're officially out of premiere season for season number 30 freaking three of oh, Discover gosh. Wisconsin. We've been around a long time. So we're going to mix it up a little bit this time. Um, since it's been one of our longest seasons, we're doing a best of today. And we're joined by not one, but two DW crew members. Uh, to my left, well, it doesn't matter. It's radio. You can't tell. Uh, to my right is uh, Teddy Meyer. 
Uh, your name's misspelled in here, but it's pronounced the same either way, Teddy. So I think exactly. we're good, right? Uh, yes, Teddy's our motion media manager. And uh, Wisconsin series producer, Jess Murphy. Hello, Jess. Thank Welcome you for back. having me. <laughs> Been wow. in episodes so, three and six. So very professional. Yes. <laughs> she really she like practiced her. that line in the mirror is what that looked like. It's a pleasure Thank to you have you here, You know what I was thinking yeah. about? Thank you for having me. That, that SNL sketch. That is, I honestly was going to say that. That's delicious dish. Thank you can for having even, me. Yeah. Can we, we even use that line? We could go we NPR. Why can't we use style that? if you want to do that, Jess? <laughs> we've, we've talked uh, about. Can we talk about doing a sweaty ball <laughs> stick? Or the muffin He's one with Betty White? That was oh, a good one yep. too. Yeah, I like yeah. the muffin one's pretty good too. With we could White. do NPR delivery mm-hmm. if you want, Jess. So mm, let me that sounds really Jess good does right have now. Molly Shannon vibes today. I think so. Yes, that sounds really good there, Jess. Especially with the little coverings over the headphones. <laughs> Guys both look like Princess Leia. Okay, so Jess. Anyway. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the podcast. That's very seductive. Good to be back. Now, I was going for NPR, but... Hey, that sounded... Yeah, no, that was way Different kind was of radio that, show here. Was that Ladies Man? No, if we're going <laughs> to keep making ladies, man. SNL references. So how many of the 25 episodes this season were you a part of, each of you? Um, well, I produced five uh, but I had a hand in probably about two thirds of them, at least in the post production process. So yeah, I feel like, like I know them pretty one. well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think when I tallied up, it was probably 23 out of the 25. Okay, you slacker. So, uh, Holy yeah, cats. I'm sorry. I couldn't What were really the two get, you didn't do? Uh, Oneida and Door County. Mm. And, yep. I. I think I was a little bit jealous that they did uh, Door County. We again, would give you employee gorgeous. of the month if you had filmed well, Door I'm County. Just, and I'm just so lazy worker. Yeah. You know. <laughs> what are we going to do with that, Teddy? Just, you know, I just like, just like having my summers available. <laughs> summers. You only worked on 92% of the episodes, yep, you, you lazy know, I know. I know. Couldn't go a whole 100% on it. My bad. So of those 23, which was your favorite? <laughs> do you have a favorite? Um, there is. Honestly... When you're shooting DW, it's kind of funny when you actually look back at the stuff and you're like, whoa, like I totally forgot that I filmed that. But there well, are you're so things, busy during yeah, filming all the time. You do forget. Yeah, you do forget. But like ones that do stick out, um, skydiving in Beloit, that one was uh, <laughs> like, that was amazing. I was in an airplane and uh, you honestly don't get the feeling like until the door actually opens and then you're like, oh, this is actually happening like that shouldn't be happening. You have all this air rushing in. Uh, I love how they did like a walkthrough with Marie on what they did. And then they hand me a parachute and they go, if you see the pilot leave, follow the pilot. So, and that was my training with the parachute. So I'm like, the, Oh, great. The pilot. Yeah. If the pilot bails. If the pilot bails, bail. I bail. Oh, so, yeah, gotcha. no. okay. Yeah, no, they also trust me to fly the plane too. <laughs> so, um, other ones, uh, I think with uh, obviously the ranch. I think that was everyone's like top memory for that when we were at the ranch. Uh, I think kayaking on the rock in Beloit, you know, with Justice Show, uh, filming, racing around Menominee, like with the dirt track and like seeing like all these, uh, stock cars going around and actually being on the infield and like seeing, um, driving by and like me hiding behind like wood posts for my safety. <laughs> and I think Jess was a little bit nervous for me being in there because... I'm always worried about you, Teddy. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's just a lot of these things. And then I'll see an episode. I'm like, oh yeah, I totally forgot that I was in that back of that vehicle filming out the back there and or something like that. So, oh, and hang gliding. Hang gliding was 
you know, I think I was just running the camera on the ground, but it was one of those things where we had to like coordinate with everyone that was shooting and making sure that we weren't all in the shot when we were coming across with it. So there are a lot of taking flight segments. Yeah. Yes. In, in and this you know season. what? Now we I think next season it's all underwater. So <laughs> at least didn't didn't go straight from one to the other, <laughs> I suppose. Just what were some of your favorites? Now I remember when we were talking about the Beloit episode, because I think you'd asked me and you'd ask Mariah, how do you feel about jumping out of a plane? Yes. And I, I, for one, was like, well, I could probably be talked into doing it. But at the moment, I'm like, ah. <laughs> I straight yeah. up but, said, nope. I yeah. pulled all the hosts. And I was considering it, but mm-hmm. in the end. <laughs> yeah. I would have said no, so I can't really blame you. <laughs> um, I had a lot of different favorite moments, but your question was favorite show, right? Favorite show if or you favorite have a, moments? If you have a favorite episode or two. Um, it's hard. There were elements uh, of all the shows that I worked on that I loved, but I think my favorite episode overall this season was Stoughton. Mm. Um, I grew Oof-da. up in Madison, <laughs> and Stoughton's only like 20 minutes away from the east side, but I had really never spent time there. So it was just cool to get to know an area that's you know right in our backyard that I didn't know much about, and I just, I loved it. Their downtown is so cute. Um, Fosdell's Home Bakery, Stoughton Opera House, Sitton Demai. Uh, there was just a lot of fun stuff in that episode that I had Are a you blast Norwegian? On. Yes, and that was another reason. My On my mom's side, um, we have Norwegian heritage, so a lot of the stuff we saw mm. just reminded me a lot of my grandma. And yeah, me so too. Yeah, that was fun. I love Stoughton for that reason. You didn't eat lutefisk, did you? No. Okay. No, no, but if you watch the show, you see we went Wait, on a hunt that? for, yeah, left, rosettes and cream cacas. Mm-hmm. Cream cacas? Cream cacas. Have you had them? No. I almost, after that shoot, I almost went and bought a cream caca iron on Amazon for like $100. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'll, I'm, I, I know they're finicky. My grandma used to make them and they're hard to make. But they had tons of Norwegian desserts at Set and Demai, which mm-hmm. is yeah, my favorite part. With Mariah there, she was like, no, this is not the right dessert. And then we would go on to the next one. <laughs> so we were on a search for these bad boys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, follow me. Yeah. Like it was like down, down a shady alley in Stoughton. And <laughs> no. Just kidding. <laughs> Who wouldn't follow Mariah down a yeah. shady alley and still? I'm like, yeah. oh, God. Very convincing. Come on, guys. This mm-hmm. is normal. Well, it's funny because they have lutefisk and some creative ways to eat fish and raw fish in Norway, but they also make the best sweet treats. Mm-hmm. It's just... Probably to make up phenomenal. for all the raw fish. Probably. <laughs> and the dessert was to get the taste of lutefisk out of your mouth, mm-hmm. essentially. But yeah, so that was uh, that was your favorite place, huh? Just yeah. real close to if home I where you grew If I had to choose, up. Yeah. And that's one cool thing about this state. So many people have never been to a, a notable place that's only 20 or 30 minutes away from where they usually are. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's so important to get out and explore those little places because For some sure. of the most interesting places are right in your backyard. Mm-hmm. So true. So, Can you kind of give us an overview of what this Best of Season 33 series is? Mm-hmm. What are we unveiling here? So we interviewed, Teddy and I, um, a variety of our crew members. We interviewed videographers, producers, obviously hosts. Um, we interviewed Audio Dave. We interviewed <laughs> uh, Sam, one of our editors, Brandon, who's also an editor and does videography. 
um, and, and Ellen. Ellen. I was going to say for our and listeners, if you're just curious what Audio Dave and Ellen look like, you can yes. tune into our best and see. Yep. Dave's giving me like, no. I can't even tell. Dave's wearing Actually, a mask no, right yeah, now. Dave so. wanted the blurred out face and changed his voice. I don't know why. It was. See, it was I weird. didn't want you to, and you said you were probably going to. Yeah. So. Well, you're an exception. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, also, so I think we, Abby too, right? Yep, yep. Abby, who does our social media. The um, whole crew. Yeah, so we get a real variety of perspectives, and we asked people basically what their most memorable moments were or their favorite moments from the episodes. And so we get a lot of behind-the-scenes mm. stuff, funny stories. Walk through on, like, uh, you know, how they film some of these things. Mariah mm-hmm. talking about how they shot some of the drone stuff with her on the bridge. With her being, I didn't know that you were on the phone for that one. So I was like, that's very impressive that you hit it. So mm-hmm. Very sneaky. Yeah. And well, I, you are sneaky. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I definitely noticed a pattern. Um, a lot of our most memorable moments are when things go wrong. <laughs> So of we course. got a couple uh-huh. stories about, oh gosh, <laughs> I don't even know where to start. Andrew and I talked about the time I drove our car into a ditch mm. <laughs> in the winter time. Oopsie. Everything ended up okay. Um, Teddy, this wasn't something that went wrong, but Teddy rode a horse backwards. A lot of people talked about that. He did that on purpose. Um, yeah. Andrew. <laughs> yes, it was on purpose. It's not like I don't know how to ride a horse. How do I mount this horse? <laughs> so I just want to point that one out. The weirdest yeah. horse head I've ever seen. It was seen. intentional. Yeah. It was an intentional ride backwards. Oh, yeah. It was really funny. Yeah, I don't want to give it all away, yeah. but... Andrew um, stepped in a hole while ice fishing. That, I read your script last night and I was laughing so hard. I don't remember <laughs> ever hearing that story back at the office. Oh my God. And that, that was like when he first started too. So in my yeah. head, I'm thinking what a horrible, but also perfect initiation to <laughs> discover Wisconsin accidentally stepping into someone's ice fishing hole. <laughs> and not bringing the proper clothes On for one of the winter. coldest days of the year. Ooh, everybody, that's a rite of passage here. Yep. I feel everybody underdresses at some point on a shoot, and then you're like, what was I thinking? Yeah, I remember on Lake St. Croix when we were That's, filming there? Well, that will forever be the coldest shoot for Discover Wisconsin that i 38 I've below wind chill, ever. and I'm like, oh, who needs long johns? And you were, yeah. I tell this story all the time, because you were all chipper and singing in the ATV, and I was just over it at that point. <laughs> and I had a helmet on, and in the GoPro, when we watched it back later in our hotel, it was like you singing and me like flipping up my, my shield on my helmet, like, what? <laughs> Yeah, you're rarely salty on shoots, but you, you kind of were in that, that day, UTV. I was just yeah. like, how can he be singing when it's 38 below? <laughs> we don't know where we're supposed to be. We're 12 hours into the shoot. And I didn't I, want my I mouth just, to freeze shut. I just like slammed my helmet shield shut again. <laughs> I just like shushed you up. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it is. Our jobs are so fun, and I really hope that comes through. And this is a two part series. We're yes. going to broadcast it on TV in February of 2021, and it will stream online as well. Um, but we just wanted to give people, I think, a peek kind of behind the curtain or break the fourth wall, as they say, and invite you guys into the chaos that can sometimes be, you know, behind the scenes with Discover Wisconsin. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think everyone. Like we interviewed, they really enjoy just reminiscing from the past like season and just talking about all the places they've been, all the things that did happen and like the the technical know-hows or what we had to do to put into the show. Like just hearing Dave and Sam talk about 
what really goes into the show and why they enjoy it to like the videographers on issues that they came across and things like that. Mm -hmm. And then also just hearing the impersonations and doing the, oh, yeah, that's another the thing. Dick, the Dick Rose opening, uh, welcome to discover Wisconsin or who can do the take on that. So it's welcome to discover Wisconsin, Wisconsin. <laughs> Hello and welcome to yes. discover Wisconsin. So excited to see Murph kind of assemble that and Sam to take a crack at it and stuff on, yeah. on the edits. It'll be fun. I think people will be surprised. Well, and when you interviewed us, I mean, you sat us down, we went through specific episodes we were in during the season and we, we watched clips of them again. Yep. To help refresh your memories. Because you do go through so many things on a shoot that single things generally don't pop out in your mind. But as soon as you see it, you're like, oh, my God, this happened and this happened mm -hmm. and this happened. So that made it a lot of fun. I always remember the weather. I'll be like, oh, I was freezing <laughs> in that shoot or, oh, that, that day was so hot. Because we try to hide it mm -hmm. as much as we can. At least the hosts, I think we try to. And I already complained twice in this podcast about one time when it was too hot and one time when it was too cold. So, yeah, weather does stand out. But we're an extreme weather state. Yeah. How could it not? Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's true. The thing I remember on shoots is usually the free food that we get. That's We're one of the most delicious states out, out there. Me. It makes sense. <laughs> I remember all the drinks we do at first. Then everything gets a little hazy <laughs> after that. Well, yeah, you got to enjoy the drinks, man. And that's why we always have to reshoot the drinks. I know. So that happened one time, Teddy. <laughs> Here's sampling, take 28. Yeah. Yep. Cut her off. <laughs> Cut her off. Okay, the wine. All right, when we did the wine uh, walk in Hudson, that one was... A little over the top. Oh, Hudson, I was talking about Door yeah. County. Okay, it's happened twice, twice Teddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling we're going to uncover more incidents of this. Oh, actually, you ever talk. do the wine walk in Hudson, go early because towards the end it starts getting really... I don't understand. Every wine walk. That wine, yeah. I was just going to say, I don't understand why I get viewer emails every once in a while asking why I have wine in my hand in most of this show. <laughs> most of the episodes. It's a pattern. Right? It's because you have to work with us, so that's... Gotta cope somehow. Mm -hmm. No, you guys are the best. It's so fun. I I always say that. It, like when we hire people, I'm looking more at can I handle being in the car for you know four hours one way with this person <laughs> over oh, yeah. over their actual talent. Yeah. I mean, we hire very talented people, um, but that is a big part of it because you spend so much time and there's not. We don't really have office hours. You know, we're mm -hmm. filming from sometimes we're there super early, then, you know, filming all day, maybe taking that break at lunch and then going back out for sunset and then back at the hotel. And then we start again the next day. So yeah, it can be a lot of quality time with people. Um, oh yeah. Coworkers. Like I said, like um, everyone here, I, you know, they're like second family to me. Like mm. if I can be in the car with them and we can always talk about, it can be from random things about movies to about our life to the shoot and stuff like that. So yeah, you guys are like family. It's always been a family thing for me. So I'm glad I got along with everyone. You can make me cry. Oh. <laughs> Group distance hug. Social distance hug. Yeah. <laughs> wow, this love fest has been fun. <laughs> so season 33, uh, the, the, what do you, what did, so what's it officially Best called? Best of the season 33. Best of. Well, parts one enough. and two. So yeah, for now, you can go stream season 33 on YouTube or any of our streaming services, but I would mm -hmm. recommend YouTube. And then, yeah, we, I think if you stream some of these episodes, it'll make Best of season 33, the two-part series, even more funny and relatable when you mm -hmm. guys watch it in February, because you'll know the shows that we're referencing. So, totally. But then after that episode in February, when you first, you're going to want to go back and see some of those again, because then you'll have kind of behind yeah. the scenes knowledge. Yes. Like in Manaqua, for example, we talked a lot about that. That's mm -hmm. a great example of a multi-day shoot where you're together 
practically 24 seven. So uh-huh. it's, uh-huh. uh, it's going to be fun. I'm so looking forward to seeing it, but we have to wait so long. I did an impression right of you when I got interviewed. Oh crap. I didn't. Uh... <laughs> a lot of people yeah, did. A lot of people did an impression <laughs> of you, Eric. Oh, this is the first I've heard of this. Yep. Great. <laughs> Don't worry, Sam. I know at least Sam did an impression of me. Should I not look forward to this episode? <laughs> you should look nah, forward to it, buddy. Can... Well, you tried to scare me, Mariah. No, mine that. was funny. I, I think it was something that I, I did an impression of something that I find very endearing and funny about you. Hmm. Yeah, you know, it was flattering. Yeah. You know? Well, I'm not used to that, so now yeah. I'm really looking forward to this episode. Okay. <sighs> well, <laughs> we've exhaled. It's now time to thank you guys for coming here. Uh, Teddy, Jess, thanks. You're great to work with. It's so much fun doing all these episodes, and we're really looking forward to the best of season 33. Again, it's a long wait till February, but we're looking forward to it. Always a pleasure. Thank right. you. Thank you for having me. Boy, it's strange to sit a segment out. Did you guys have fun without me? Yeah. Actually, we did. We hate to say it, but yeah. You guys fill up on cookies and potato chips while I was gone? <laughs> yeah, nice. ma- mom and dad had to step out. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were good little boys and girls while you were gone. Always. <laughs> Excellent. No, that was a great interview. It's fun to hear from them. Yeah. Now that they're gone, what do we really think about Teddy and Jess? Horrible. Well, let me tell Not you like family okay. at all. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, Just kidding. they're the best. <laughs> okay, I have a review I want to share. Ooh, oh, sweet. It's an anonymous one, so I can't shout anyone out by name. But he or she says, Thanks for helping remedy my homesickness. As a Wisconsinite living in Colorado, your episodes bring comfort and make me feel closer to home. Keep it up. Oh, that's nice. That's so nice. Thanks, guys. We love reading those, and I know people are leaving reviews on Apple Podcasts because we say that like every single episode. <laughs> um, but we also get some great comments on Around the Campfire. Not just, you know, the compliments are obviously very welcome, but we also really love your actual feedback, you know, ideas on what you want to hear. We come up with these show topics ourselves, so if you guys have specific ideas on what you would like us to do a show on, let us know. Absolutely. We would love to pick your brains because ours run dry sometimes. Yeah. Now we're wrapping up episode 22 of The Cabin right here. Now you know the drill. We'll be back next week for episode number 23. And among other things, we're going to be talking about Wisconsin's best bites. And this one will be the drive-in edition, like the old school burgers, shakes, Mm. malts, onion rings, ice cream, custard, etc. This is going to be your moment. And as you can tell, I'm very excited about that for next week. We'll (laughs) also be joined by Discover Wisconsin's senior editor, Sam Trose. He'll be taking us behind the scenes and sharing what goes on in the world of post-production, which is quite a world. Today's episode of The Cabin was hosted by me, Mariah Haberman, Eric Paulson, and Dave Janis. Produced by me, Alan Fallon, and Dave. Tune in next week for more Campfire Conversations and insight into the world of Discover Wisconsin. The Cabin is a production brought to you by Discover MediaWorks. To learn more, head to discovermediaworks.com and don't forget to leave us a review. And here's this week's installment of Know Your Wisconsin. Wisconsin is a premier destination for motorsports, and auto racing is a favorite among racers and spectators. The state is currently home to 38 racetracks, including 25 that are made of dirt. Between roaring engines, hairpin turns, and cheering crowds, attending a race event at any one of these tracks is an experience unlike any other. It's a huge adrenaline rush. Um, it, it goes by so quick out there. Uh, you're just you're thinking, okay, next corner, you've got to hit your marks. Where to, you know, hit your brakes. 
where to hit the throttle, who's beside you. It, it, I don't know, it's a rush you can't explain. Most racers come into racing by way of family tradition, like A.J. Demo. My grandpa raced back in, uh, back in the day, a long time ago, and then my dad raced as well, and then I kind of just followed up. I've uh, been racing since I was 16. It's kind of our pastime. Oftentimes, the tracks themselves also have deep roots and long-standing traditions within the community. This track was built in the 70s by a bunch of farmers and locals that put all their time and effort into building this track. I remember going up there when I was a kid. It was a lot of fun. It was our weekend routine to come and watch the races. The support and camaraderie shown by fans and racers in the racing community is clear to see, especially on a hot summer night. It's really good pastime. It's a it's an awesome sport to be involved in. And uh, you'll see here later the amount of people that come out to support it. It's a pretty cool deal. And now you know your Wisconsin.